All right. It is the third Wednesday. Last Wednesday, not the third Wednesday. The last Wednesday. I'm thinking about something altogether different. That won't be the last time I do that in this broadcast either. This is Straight Talk, and the the carpro.com talk line is one 800 9050989 and the common sense retirement planning text line is 71307. That's what happens when you get out of your place. When you get out of your rhythm. I'm at Upstate Warrior Solutions 770 Pelham Road because that's what we do on the last Wednesday of the month. And now joining me from the Clemson Student Veteran Association, which I didn't know existed, is uh Chase Carter and Dan Greco, two young young veterans. I'm always happy to see young veterans. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, sir. How are you? Doing great. Yep. Tell me about the Clemson Student Veteran Association because uh, normally that means that there's a bunch of guys that have spent their time in the military. They've gotten out. They've used their educational benefit. And now they're going to school. So you're a little older than your average freshman going in. So what, tell me about how this works at Clemson. Yeah, so uh, we are the largest student-led veteran organization on campus. And we work pretty closely with the Office of Military and Veteran Engagement to uh, provide a space for veterans and their family members on campus and uh, give people a place away from all the craziness of a college campus where they can be with people that are like-minded and have been through some of the same experiences. I would imagine that would be a big issue, wouldn't it, for somebody coming from a military background to come into a college yeah. college environment there's a lot of transitional issues that we work through and uh, there's a lot of issues with people just getting admitted to college in general that uh, we all have experience with so we help a lot of new students adjust and now in your in your case and chase is the president of the chapter uh, it sounds like you went into the military when you got out of high school and went went straight from the military to college is that the way it worked out yep pretty much so let's talk to uh, to Dan now. Dan, you're a little older. You 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 were EOD guy in the military and everything yep, else. Yep. So what was your path to college? So I went a little bit more non-traditional. Uh, I enlisted in 2010, got out in 2014. Um, I had a little bit of struggle thereafter. Didn't really find my niche. Right. Until uh, I started working for a private company. I'm um, not gonna really go into that one. Sure. But uh, worked there for six and a half years as an operations manager and realized that. I wasn't doing what I like to do. Right. And I found my found my passion in plants and Clemson University has the number two horticulture school in the US. Oh yeah. Which a lot of people don't know. Didn't know it. And uh so I decided to come here. I applied one day and got in and ever since then, this, that was uh spring of spring semester of two thousand and twenty three. So this is going into my second year here. And I I love it here. Everyone's great. Um working with the S V A, working with the military and veteran engagement office. Uh, I think probably one of the best decisions of my life. How do the uh, how do the kids that are straight out of high school that are going to college there? How do they regard you, fellas? Uh, so we're our presence is growing definitely. Just in the past few years, we have boosted our uh, numbers significantly, and I think that uh, a lot of organizations on campus, like fraternities and things like that, have initiatives to uh, volunteer with veteran organizations. So I think in that regard, we're uh, regarded pretty highly. And we are received pretty well by most organizations on campus. But we want to continue that and grow. No no nonsense, no Rambo jokes or nothing. Nobody thinking you're going to have a NOM trip or something like that. I, I would say most students uh, don't really understand what it means that we're veterans. And 
uh, just getting to share our story a little bit is uh, it usually works out for us pretty well once they realize that we're not just a bunch of brutes, you know, we're just students like them. We're just a little older. And done a few more things. Yeah. Done exactly. a few more things. Exactly. But, I mean, now, okay, in today's world, one thing I noticed about the military, when I came out of the military in 1990, uh, I noticed that what I considered to be a problem, most people would have considered to be Armageddon on the civilian side when I got here. So that meant everything they thought was a problem. I was like, this is a minor annoyance. Uh, do you see that with the in the interaction with these kids? Do they do they understand reality, or do you guys actually have a discussion about that, either one of you? Well, obviously we have a very different mindset coming yeah. out of the military, right? Yeah, and especially yeah. if you've worked in the private industry – before coming to college, you know, I think some of these students, these, these more traditional students have, don't have that life experience to realize that, Hey, just because you bomb a test doesn't mean it's the end of the world. Right. You know? Um, so I think this is a good opportunity for them to interact with us and kind of learn from us. Like, Hey, you know, stress reduction techniques and realizing that not everything is the end of end of the world. Right. So you do see it obviously because they're coming from an academic situation, living at home, having everything, um, kind of, given not given to them but you know a little more sheltered life to coming into the real world for the first time and now they're having to deal with the stressors of life and time management and uh, asset management financial management all on their own um, so you do see that little bit of doomsday mentality when a minor inconvenience comes up right but uh everyone that i've worked with in my, in my groups and in my uh subjects of study they've been incredibly open and they do ask questions like hey how do you how do you stay so calm or or why do you do this and it's a good opportunity for us to give some knowledge to this younger generation um to help maybe help them succeed a little bit more in the future do the rotsies come and uh, talk with you guys it's a growing relationship right now they're kind of separate they're in a different building on campus Um, but we do have air force rotc and army rotc that we've done joint events with on campus and uh we're trying to build that relationship up yeah i always thought that at rotsies would have a good being with uh either veterans or full-time permanent party people has got to be a good dose of reality for those guys because they're probably being told a bunch of things probably on i don't know what it was like when when you guys joined but when i enlisted i was told that uh, I'd have a masseuse every day that I would, you know, that I had, uh, I'd be walking in nice boots and everything, all these other things. And, you know, it didn't turn out to be that way, but you, you know, that's, I'm embellishing just a little bit, but <laughs> I would imagine with officers, they're told, uh, with the Ronsies, they're told about the different lives that, that sets an officer apart from an enlisted man. But the problem is they got to work with the enlisted man mm-hmm. and sleep with them and go to the field with them and go to war with them. And, then that line begins to blur. Do those guys come to you and ask you guys about that? Either one of you NCOs? Uh, yeah, we uh, we took just last month took a couple ROTC guys to Nashville to the Student Veterans of America conference. Right, and we got to spend some time with them that we hadn't previously had, and just talk to them about you know what they're going to be experiencing uh, coming in the next few years. And they're some of these guys were reservists, so you know they're looking for a full time job. On, in addition to their military service. So uh, it, it was pretty interesting just to hear their perspective, and they asked us questions like what to expect because, honestly, they have no idea right now. So it's a, it is a good experience just being able to talk to them and learn 
what their careers are, how the military has changed from when we were in, and just what they're going to be doing going forward. Right. After after you get done with this, and after you finish your degrees and everything else, and you're no longer a part of the Clemson Student Veteran Association, are you going to continue veteran outreach in any sort of uh, meaningful way to, to where you're – because – I'll be honest with you, a lot of guys come out of the military and they have a hard time adjusting back mm-hmm. to that civilian life. And uh, somebody that's steady like that, like you guys seem to be, can can put them on the right path. Are you guys going to try to find some way, to some vehicle? So that's kind of a tough one. Obviously, we, we want to help. I mean, me personally, I want to help as many people as I possibly can. Um, but you do have to balance what's, what's good for you and what's good for everyone else. Right. And this unfortunately in this society you have to be a little bit selfish to make sure yourself is set before you help other people right so because of that now i'm in a position working with the sva and having the military embedded engagement office there um, we can kind of front load a lot of that to help people transition um, at our centers right so we have two we have two offices Um, we have the the hendrix location and the vickery building location and we want this to be a place where people who are coming from the military straight into college to come in there and help them ease into their transition into civilian life. Um, I think that's going to be a really great route for them, and it's going to help us as student leaders develop personally as well and also have that veteran outreach now um, so we can focus a little bit more on our futures. Right. Um, in the future, like personally, I want to start a small farm. And I do want to hire, you know, veterans coming sure. out. You know, um, there's another great uh, company or nonprofit near us called Project Victory Garden. They're two veterans that come in and they hire Skillbridge. Vet, uh, uh, well, before I run out of time, yeah. because I'm about to run out of time, tell me real quick, Chase, what is the Mile of Honor? Yeah, so the Mile of Honor is an awesome event we put on for a few years now. You basically walk from the president's house on campus uh, to the Scroll of Honor, and we have signs up highlighting all the events that. Uh, Clemson alumni was killed in, which I think is about 15, 15 different uh, events. And then we plant 498 flags for the 498 Clemson alumni that were killed in action. Um, and just it's a great way to kick off the spring football game and uh, honor the veterans that gave everything. These guys are Chase Carter and Dan Greco. They're with the Clemson Student Veteran Association. Young men, young veterans. I haven't seen too many young veterans anywhere, really, that I can identify besides their posture. So it's good to see you guys give them back. Thank you for taking the time to join me this morning. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having us. When we get back, we're going to talk to Charlie Hall. He's the Upstate Veteran. He's with Upstate Veterans uh, Alliance Network. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. carpro.com talk line is 1-800-905-0989 the common sense retirement planning text line is 71307 i've always noticed the text line gets strangely silent when the veterans and i speak that's always that's always been intriguing to me joining me now from the upstate veterans alliance network is charlie hall good morning sir hey good morning thanks for having me on today well you know the the one thing uh I was talking with somebody about this the other day. You know, the the only ones that actually have a realistic view of the world to me and and don't overreact to anything are veterans or first responders simply because of what they've seen. 
of what they've experienced. And yet, veterans have such a, uh, they're so largely forgotten by the ones they go out and represent and protect. So in comes you. Now, you're one of four veteran engagement boards in the state. What is a veteran engagement board? You're going out and looking for people? Yeah, so back in uh, 2016, Big VA, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, uh, wanted to try to have more of a community-based program. So they encouraged uh, local groups to start community veteran engagement boards. So we're one of four in the state. Uh, Ours here representing 11 counties of the upstate is the Upstate Veterans Alliance Network. So really it's just all the veteran-serving organizations, nonprofits, government agencies, uh, and other supporting agencies in the upstate, all part of this cohort together to help vets together. Right. Now, I have noticed that with uh, with veterans, whenever they're trying to get involved with the VA, it can be very helpful to have blockers while you while you're running and running around on that field. Is is that this the is this what you guys are doing? You're helping them negotiate the VA and trying to get in, insinuated into it. Yeah, absolutely. So we're really representing all the direct service organizations like Upstate Warrior Solution, like uh, county VA offices, some folks you're going to be talking to today um, from uh, other folks like Harold Mays and Pat Finsom. They're all a part of the solution. So, again, like you said, this organization is doing kind of the upstream blocking and tackling to say, what are some of the big issues in the veteran space? You know, do we need to focus on affordable housing? Do we need to focus on transportation do we need to help this organization that maybe needs a lift? So it's more of a strategic approach, and we're trying to get folks from all 11 counties in the upstate involved with that. This is a, you know, um, I don't remember as much veteran outreach as when I got out as I do today. Yeah. Is this just been this growing awareness that has been building up? And Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few factors. One, I think it's the post-9-11 generation wants to do it better than we did it how past uh, Vietnam. Right. Um, 80s and 90s were obviously just not as dynamic. Um, Desert War, Desert Storm vets, um, you know, have a little bit of beef about being forgotten as well, which I agree with. But I think after 9-11 happened, you had big groups like Wounded Warrior Project and the government stepping up to take care of wounded vets. So we're still kind of riding that tide of taking care of wounded warriors. But now it's, hey, you know, wounded are actually a small slice of the community. What about the other 90% right. uh, that are trying to adjust and, and re- reintegrate? Well, that was the, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to keep, beat a dead horse here. But when I got out of the military, the first thing that I was struck with was how how sensitive everybody was to certain details that really would not have mattered in the field. Yeah. It, it, it would have been one of these things where we're like, well, is this working anyway, though? Oh, okay. Well, why are we talking about this? And uh, for for you guys getting out there and finding these guys, are you finding a bunch? Do you find a bunch of people going? You know, I I don't know where to turn. I I didn't know who to turn to because every time I talked to talk some, you know, they kept running into walls because nobody knew what to do. Yeah, I mean, you're always going to have a percentage of folks that are like, hey, the, there's nobody to help me. Can't find any organizations. But that number gets less and less every year, just as we do more stuff. As you have Upstate Veterans Alliance Network, Upstate Veterans um, groups like. Uh, Upstate Warrior Solution, the VA, um, different nonprofits that are part of doing this work. The more you have these resources that are joined together, you're going to have less veterans complaining about not getting support. Right. Um, I would argue that veterans are some of the most resourced groups in America yeah. because of all the all the opportunities we have. 
It's just how do you find them? How do you figure out who's get good? How do you figure out who's bad? Right. How do you figure out how to go to someone? That's the thing, isn't it? Who's bad? There's there's plenty out there that would take advantage, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, there's been um, several groups since 9-11 that have, you know, kind of come into this with, you know, the, the wrong approach, in my opinion. Um, and I think Upstate Veterans Alliance Network, as well as our state VA, are trying to create kind of a screening system to say, who are the ones doing it right? Who are the ones that need to be challenged on their approach? So... If somebody has a relative or something or a friend that is a veteran and they recognize this person needs something like what you do, would they call Upstate Warrior Solutions? And Yeah, so Upstate Warrior Solution is what we call kind of the backbone organization behind the network. Right. Um, so we run a lot of the kind of behind-the-scenes type work. We host a lot of the meetings. So um, there's really no one to call at the network. Right. The network is really representative of all the organizations. Right. Uh, but Upstate Warrior Solution can kind of help get people vectored in the right direction to organizations within the network. So I think that's a big takeaway is Upstate Warrior Solution still plays that um, kind of direct service, one-stop shop approach because we understand all the organizations uh, in the Upstate Veterans Alliance Network. Um, and I think the other piece is uh, we want to get more of our rural communities, especially our county service officers, involved. We've got 11 great county service officers here in the Upstate um, a lot of folks from some of the rural communities like Abbeville, um, Greenwood, et cetera, like they don't necessarily have time to come to stuff in Greenville, but right. we still want them to be a part of the network so we can help push those resources out to them. Do you go to them? We we try to. Yeah. Yep. And that's a good point. We that's gotta, a military you, thing. You got to get out there in the field, boot, get your it's boots It's a military dirty. thing like vectored. Only military people use the term vectored. <laughs> Deconflict. Deconflict. Deescalate. Defoliate. Yes. My favorite, destroy. Anyway. Close with and destroy. Clo- seek out, close with and destroy. Shoot, move, and communicate. All those cool little terms. So if uh, if there, how would somebody get in touch with Upstate Veterans Alliance Network or where they call Upstate Warrior Solutions first? Yeah, that so, first place? so you can start with Upstate Warrior Solution. We've got a tab on our website that's for the network. Um, but really Upstate Warrior Solution can get folks pulled into that network pretty effectively. So. Um, check out our website, uws.us, or um, our new center at 770 Pelham Road. Which is where we're sitting. Yeah, actually, we're sitting yeah. here right now. Imagine that. Why is Catherine shaking her head? Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah, shaking yeah. your head like that is a, that's a, when you're shaking your head going, yes, that's that's well, that. Sometimes you need people like Catherine to help remind people like me and you like where we actually are. Catherine so, yes. and Teresa scare me. We are actually just, at 770 Those two just scare me. They're just ice cold about all their stuff that they do. And they do all these things like shake their head at you and then say, yes, like that, you know, like yeah, just completely. I, I, I'm glad that you've got uh, Teresa Thompson coming up here later today. I'm sure she's, she'll, she's she'll, next. She'll, she'll she and Lieutenant Weiner. They're, they're, those two are next because they got a new thing coming. Yeah, uh, and make sure coming. make sure you uh, is is Weiner not Weiner. Weiner. We don't want to we don't want to embarrass the guy. Listen, my last name is Frady. You can't imagine how many pronunciations I've heard of it in my time. <laughs> just you just can't even begin to imagine it. Well, the interesting thing about the military is if you have a name like Weiner, the military has a lot of fun with with interesting names like that. So well, at least in basic training they do. I, I'll, let your, I'll let your mind go to where At least in basic go, training. But... Then at one point the drill sergeant's like, hey, if you can beat me, you can take my hat. And then you see a guy named Weiner wearing a, wearing a drill sergeant's hat. Yep. Thank yep. you for joining me today. Sir. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Yes, thanks sir. for having me. Coming up next.
the chief operating officer of Upstate Water Solutions, that being Teresa Thompson, and Greenville County Sheriff's Office Lieutenant David Weiner. We're going to talk about House Bill 5080. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Okay, I haven't heard that version before. I like that. That's that's okay. I'm always in this dueling thing about bumps. I got to have the right bump, LT. I, I'm sure that you do the same thing when you're on patrol. You got the right music playing in the background. Uh, I usually don't listen to music. It's a little distracting. Okay, I understand. <laughs> I'll talk the radio. Carpro.com talk line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. I, I have to admit that I'm sort of stunned that we have to have this discussion. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I would not have thought this was the case. Joining me now is the chief operating officer here at Upstate Water Solutions, that being Teresa Thompson. Uh, normally I call her LT, but I actually have a active duty lieutenant here, Lieutenant David Weiner of the Greenville Sheriff's Office. You guys are, are working on a bill, SC House Bill 5080. Why, do, why is that necessary? And how did that come to pass to where that is the case to where you're going to have to do this to try to fix this? The House bill is necessary to provide uh, health care benefits for survivors of first responders uh, that have fallen. Right. Currently, uh, the state, if you're a state employee, right. you can get coverage. Right. But on the local level, you don't get that coverage. If a, a firefighter or a paramedic or a police officer is killed in the line of duty... Uh, then the insurance coverage could end as soon as the end of a pay period for their uh, family if they're covering them. There's there's no caveat. There's no provision, no nothing. There's nothing you can do where your active duty to fix that. That's just the way it is today. Yes, sir. And this is what you guys have got to do to try to fix this. Now, what will 5080 do? 5080 will provide 12 months of coverage to the survivors, uh, of either to the family of the fallen, and then after that, hopefully that gives them a bridge to find other resources. Right. With uh, I, I've, I'm sort of speechless that that is the way it is now. Um, and I'm presuming it's been that way since since I've been alive. Mm-hmm. It's always been that way. Yes, sir. Um, dude, like the sheriff, like Sheriff Lewis. Uh, how does he feel about this bill? Are you pushing it? I think the sheriff is very supportive of this bill. Yeah. In fact, I know he is. Well, I mean, I know, I know, he, I know he, he's very supportive of his deputies. I can't see him not being that way. But uh, what about the? Uh, is is there anything else? This being necessary, I would say absolutely. But what has been taken care of them, or has nothing been taken care of the survivors? The few instances that we're aware of, right? That that we can document, most of the agencies have stepped up to the plate. And have taken care of the families, but we can't guarantee that without this bill passing. Right. Once this bill goes into uh, goes into effect, besides the twelve months, uh, is there anything else? Is there any other services that are going to come? Because this is this is a very drastic. It's like losing somebody in combat, right? Yes, sir. Losing the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe the breadwinner. I'm, I'm females. Females are police officers, like you were, Teresa. But uh, yeah, I. I knew when you were telling me about this the other day, I was listening to it, but I guess I wasn't listening to it as hard as I should have been because uh, Teresa told me about this last month. So how much support have we got going into this right now? How's the house looking? We feel pretty strong about it. That This bill's going to do pretty well. Um, 
I feel very passionate that, honestly, I feel we could do better to those that are killed, murdered, uh, you know, feloniously. Yeah. This bill would cover any death, any line of duty death. Um, but I would like to see a little bit stronger coverage if, if you're murdered uh, to, to the survivors. I think that's very important that, that you know, if you want to recruit the best and the brightest to law enforcement and to EMS and to fire departments in the state of South Carolina, I think there has to be some kind so of So this would cover all of them, all mm-hmm. the first responders. Yes, sir, everyone. Well, you know, like when you go into a fire or you're going to a call on a with EMS, I, I would imagine a car or, you know, a car accident is a possibility. I've yes, never sir. seen one. Have, have you ever witnessed one yourself, sir? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And, Bill, we do have a call to action as well on this. Well, give me the call to action. So the call to action is Bobby Cox, Elliot, Bannister, their names are on this bill. Right. But it's going to take multiple votes to get this bill passed. So everybody's got to get on board uh, across the House of Representatives. So if you know people and you support this bill, think of Megan Jacobs when she was eight months pregnant and Alan was killed March 18th, 2016, and she was told, she was going to lose health care coverage by the end of the month, and she was eight months pregnant. The police department stood and fought for her, but right. they shouldn't have had to. It should have just been something that, that he earned on behalf of his family, and she should have had access to it. So think of Megan. Think of Jumper's family. Think of all the families, uh, especially across the state, that we all know and love who have been killed. So if you know a representative, you your neighbor, your friend, or if you don't know your representative and you just want to make your voice heard, they need to know that you support this bill in the state of South Carolina. Is there anything online where people could find this to where they could maybe click on something to find their representatives, their senators, and start piling on? Or Well, anybody can find their voting precinct and who their person is when you when you go to, like, SC Votes. Right. When you're looking for your voter um, registration ID. Uh, the video that Dave, uh, Lieutenant Weiner, had a big hand in helping us put together is actually on our website at upstatewarsolution.org. You can see Megan and hear her own words about how that impacted her life. Um, but, yeah, if you could let your folks know, we have till May. The session goes till May. But we really need people right now. That's what you're doing right now, Teresa. Yeah, we really yeah. need people right now to, 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 to have their so voices is this, heard. So has this already been pulled up for a full first reading? Has it made it on the it's floor? It's in committee. In committee. It's in committee. In so committee. we got to get it out of committee and get on the floor. It's in the insurance committee. So if is- you're listening to this and, uh, you know, you need to you need to call your state representative. You need to call your state senator. You need to tell them what SC – do they know about SC House Bill at 5080? And that they need to vote for it because this is going to be one of these things. I keep saying that if we were just more active in politics, we'd probably be in a lot better position. Most people just get out there and vote, and we need we need to uh, we need to be pests to the uh, these temps that are sitting up there with the nice suits on in the in the House of Representatives and the Senate. I hope a few of them are listening at the moment. With this, uh, uh, besides Mr. Cox. Is there anybody in the uh, anybody in the Senate looking at this saying, "Okay, let's go. We're going to go with this." Anybody looking at that yet? Yeah, we're we're uh, trying to get a companion uh, a bill in the Senate that yeah. matches this one, and that'll help speed the process along. Yeah, well, legislatively in our state, uh, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but they seem to make they seem to be very good at snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. But this should be a slam dunk. It should this this transcends political ideology and any sort of belief system. You should want to take care of people that uh, put it all out there on the line. Um, for more information, where would they go? Uh, you can go to our website, upstatewarsolution.org. 
We've got the video, uh, the bill name. They can reach out to me, Teresa Thompson, Lieutenant Weiner, Darius Hall. Several of us on staff are very familiar with this bill and can help help guide you in the direction you need to go. Well, we're going to have to follow up on this. This this doesn't happen till May. Well, the session ends in May, so really, right now, like so, we got today, two, we got we, we got two more upstate war solution remotes between then we, and now. We do, yeah, we do. Progress updates. Progress updates. Well, we need to be doing it. Maybe we should get some of the. Maybe we should get some politicians in here to talk about that too. Catherine, <laughs> uh, listen. Thank you for taking the time to call this to our attention. Uh, this is SC House Bill fifty eighty. I was just asking a question of the uh, Lieutenant Weiner, and he's going to show me how easy it is to choke somebody out with his baton in just a second, but that's coming up next. Of course, we won't be live. That won't be live. That will not be live. Coming up next from Upstate Warrior Solutions is Jack Sterling, Entrepreneurship Program Manager. We'll find out what that's about in just a second. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. CarPro.com talk line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Now joining me from Upstate Warrior Solutions is Jack Sterling. He's the Entrepreneurship Program Manager. Now this one I definitely want to talk about because I've been thinking that I should be an entrepreneur and I don't even know what that means. So let's talk about what it is you do here, sir. Yeah. Yeah, happy to be here. So... I started this program with Upstate Warriors about two years ago, so it was May of 2022, when uh, when Charlie Hall, the the guy that leads this organization, approached me and said, hey, we've got a lot of stuff under our roof we can help veterans and first responders with. We've got employment, housing, health care, everything like that, but if anybody comes to us seeking help with a business they want to start, want right. to grow, want to maybe buy a business, uh, they just didn't have anybody helping with that. And so... Um, it coincided with the grant the Upstate Warriors Solutions won, the Seth Sergeant Fox grant, and that gave them the capacity to bring me on board part-time and start this program from scratch. And um, I told Charlie when I started, I, I've never done anything like this before, but I think that's in the spirit of entrepreneurship, is doing stuff you've never done before uh, and going ahead with it anyway. So, right. So we started it about two years ago. Uh, since then, I've talked to about 150 veterans, first responders, firefighters, law enforcement, um, and family members of those of those folks. And... It's been everything from, hey, I, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't know where to start, to I've already uh, started a business and we're growing it and we need help taking it to the next level and everything in between. So that's, um, it's, it's a lot of casework. So sitting down and talking to people one-on-one, -on -one, figuring out who, more than just what their business is, but who they are as a person, uh, where they're coming from, where they want to go, what their goals with the business are. And then, you know, we're in a, we're in a sea of resources here in Greenville and the upstate that, yeah. that support entrepreneurship. And it's a wonderful thing. But it can be difficult, especially as, a, as someone coming from, a, from a, a government job, like being in the military or being in um, law enforcement or, or first responder, is you don't do any of the stuff required for entrepreneurship in those jobs, right? You don't raise money. You don't advertise your, right. your job. You're not doing any of the stuff that entrepreneurs have to do to succeed. And so um, it can be difficult sometimes to figure out which resource do I need right now and how do I deploy that resource? and. Um, so overwhelmed by choices, overwhelmed by options. And so I help, I help these folks find their way on their entrepreneurship path. Do you ever have to do any sort of like, when, when somebody gets out of the military and they, 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 they're no longer regulated for the first time in a long time, 
And they're like, I'm free to do whatever I want. What do I want to do? I want to start a surfboard and surfboard wax business. <laughs> yeah. And they come to you and they're like, yeah, I'm, I live here in Greenville and I want to start a surfboard and surfboard wax business. Mm-hmm. Do you have to have a little chat with them? <laughs> or, or Is there a way to actually make that work? Or Yeah, that, that's a great point. It, um, a lot of folks, myself included, come out of the military with their hair on fire, get all these ideas. We're, yeah. we're, no, we're no longer encumbered by the bureaucracy of the Department of Defense and we can do anything, right? Um, we think about the end goal, right? Ten years from now, what's the business need to look like? Surfboard Wax and Co. is a good example. Um, my job's not to shoot, shoot it down or to be Shark Tank and say, "Hey, I'm a you know good idea, bad idea, invest, not invest." Um, it's to support whatever they want to do and right. ask questions to hopefully help them understand the realities of that business and figure out not how do you go from A to Z in one step. But what's A to B look like in this business, right? If you're sitting here, no business to speak of, and you want to have a surfboard wax company, how do you start? Who are your customers? Where do you um, where do you advertise? So starting to figure out the, the the stepping stones they have to follow to get there, and maybe along the way they realize that hey, we're three hours from the coast. We don't really have a market. Maybe there is, right? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't enter into these conversations saying I know what to do. I ask them questions to help them figure out where they need to go. So you'd be like looking at me going. Well, maybe you should set up your business where the waves are. Maybe. Yeah. But I try instead of offering those advice because I don't know the surf community. from Right. So I would say, hey, what's your inspiration for that? Why do you want to start a surf and wax company here in Greenville, South Carolina? And they might say, believe it or not, there's an avid community of people that live in Greenville that make the every weekend trip down to Charleston and to the coast to go surfing. I had no idea. So I ask them questions about it. Why are they starting this business? Who are their customers? How do they make money? All those things. If all those make sense, they've got a business. I mean, that's it's um, off you go. There's a there's yeah off you go. So that's a good that's a good point. But um, and there's certainly some some harebrained ideas out there. But again, my idea is not to shoot them down. So when, what you're, I, I guess what you do is you take somebody that's used to being regulated in a certain way, mm-hmm. and you you give them just enough of that structure to get them to think in that ordered state of mind about how to make this business they want to go work that's right it, we have this idea coming out of the military that you know we can we can with only if you took away all the the trappings of the military we'd be much um more efficient at getting things done we don't realize that all those regulations and rules all and those the, fences they, yeah. they keep us on the right track right yeah. I, I use the lance armstrong analogy you know his reputation taint aside um he was amazing at what he did right he got on a bicycle he could go like the best of them but when he imagine taking Lance Armstrong and putting him on the side of the road in southern France with board shorts and flip flops, no support, no team, no bike, and tell him to go win the Tour de France. Right. And that's a, like a lot of veterans come out with that mentality. I'm used to being a champion. I'm used to being able to go fast and win, and having this huge support structure under me makes it possible. And when you get out and you lose that support structure, and you expect to be able to do the same things the same way, you, you're going to struggle. So if some veteran out there has a smoking hot idea for business and he wants a little help from it he would call upstate warrior solutions and ask for you that's right jack sterling that's right and entrepreneurship program manager thank you for taking the time to join me today sir thanks for talking yes sir well coming up next we're going to talk to harold mays he's the director of program operations i'm going to presume here because it doesn't say this is news talk 98.9 word